I can't stand up here and, and, and tell you that I've always trusted. I can't, I can't tell you that I've, I can't stand up here and tell you that, that uh, I've never doubted. I wish I could, but I can't. But I can stand up here and tell you that every time that I didn't trust him and every time that I did doubt him, now looking back, my mind is blown. Amen. Uh, we our, our first small group session uh, with, when we were doing training, we did it with Brother Jake and Miss Jenny. And uh, our, our verse, it says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. And so we were going around, and, I, and Jake, uh, he's out of here, so I, don't, I won't blow his head up too much. But uh, Jake piped up, and he said, We are not capable of understanding. And uh, that hasn't left me, and, and I feel like the Lord reminds me of that daily that I, I am not capable of understanding. So just trust that I got, I got it going on, basically is what he's told me, amen? amen. Just trust that I know what I'm doing, and uh, you just trust me, amen? And so I'm doing the best I can to do that. If you got your Bible and uh, you're proud of it, say amen. amen. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 21. 1 Samuel 21, uh, an interesting subject that the Lord has uh, asked me to preach tonight, uh, and so I, I've never preached on anything like this before. I'm nervous as a cat. I, I, I can't explain to you how nervous I am because I am not necessarily what I would like to call an expert on the subject that I will be talking about tonight, but I believe that it'll help somebody because I believe that it helped me, amen, and I hope it'll help you. I prayed all day, and uh, this is exactly what God has told me to preach. I know that it is, and so I encourage every single one of you, not because of who, who I am and, and me standing up here, but because I know this is what God wants me to preach, I encourage every single one of you, please, to listen intently because I believe this is what God wants for us tonight, amen. In 1 Samuel chapter number 21, uh, I'll give you a little background before this. Uh, David has already been anointed to be king. Uh, David has already killed Goliath. David has already done some great things in his life. But his problem is his father-in-law, uh, who is King Saul. He's having a, he's having a lot of pr uh, problems with his father-in-law. Uh, for the rest of us, it's our mother-in-law. Amen? I'm just kidding. I have the best mother-in-law in the world. Amen? But... He's having problems with his mother or his, his father-in-law, who happens to be the king of Israel, who God, the Bible says, took his hand off of because he was disobedient and because he did not repent. Now, David made many mistakes, but he was still known as a man after God's own heart. And I believe it was because of, number one, his love for the word of God and also his, his uh, uh, repentance. He was willing to repent. He was willing to own up when he was wrong. And so David, God has anointed David, and David is set to become the next king of Israel. And every time he turns around, Saul is throwing javelins at him. He's doing things that are trying to harm him. 
And so he is fleeing and he is trying to get away and, and he, is, he is trying to stay alive. And, and the Bible says that Saul had this great plan to kill David and somehow it made its way to the ears of David's wife, whose name was Michael. And Michael snuck him out of the house, let him down out the window, and he fled and he left. And as you can imagine, Saul felt, uh, he felt like he was done wrong because his family member had betrayed him and his family member uh, knew what he was trying to do and did the complete opposite. And so David gets away and he runs to this uh, another city and uh, Saul finds him there. And Saul sends out another group of men and Saul himself coming to try and kill David. And he's not happy with David. And the Bible says that Jonathan, Saul's son, was great friends with David. Their hearts were knit together. They loved one another, not in an immoral fashion, in a brotherly love fashion. In other words, they were, God put their hearts together and they loved one another. And the Bible says that Jonathan warned David of what his father was trying to do, and David fled from the scene again. And as you can imagine, when Saul found out that his own son, the son that he trusted, the Bible even says that uh, Jonathan told David, not even a little thing does my, my father keep from me. In other words, Saul told Jonathan everything. And now he has been portrayed by his own, his, his, his own son. And uh, so David runs to a place called Nob. And that's where we're at in chapter number 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. And so then David, then came David to Nob to Ahimelech, the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David and said unto him, Why art thou alone and no man with thee? David said unto Ahimelech, the priest, the king hath commanded me a business and hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. Now let's just call it what it was. He just lied. Amen? He just lied. The king did not tell him to go to Nob. He was running. Listen to me. He was running because he was fearful of Saul. Everybody with me? Say amen. And the Bible says, verse number 3, Now therefore, what is under thine hand? Give me five loaves of bread in, in mine hand, or what there is present. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under mine hand, but there is hallowed bread, or holy bread, if the young men have kept themselves at least from women. And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy." And the bread is in a manner common, yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. So the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread there but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. David said unto Ahimelech, And is there not here under thine hand spear or sword? For I have neither brought my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. He's just, he's just going on and on about this lie. Now he's not just told a lie. He's now 
he's now getting just deeper into this lie. He's making this sound more and more believable. How many of y'all got a kid that knows just how to do this? Amen. They'll tell a lie, and then they'll tell another lie that backs up that lie, and then another lie that backs up that lie, and they'll keep going because uh, they don't want to get caught. But how many of you know we always going to get caught? Amen. Verse number 9 says, And the priest said, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom thou slewest in the valley of Elah, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. Thou wilt take that, take it, for there is no other save that here. And David said, listen to what he said, There is none like that. Give it to me. Verse number 10, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart, and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them, and feigned himself mad in their hands, and scrabbled on the doors of the gate, and he let spittle fall down upon his beard, and said, Achish unto his servants, Lo, ye see, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? I'm sorry it was a lot of reading, but I want us to all understand what's happening here. David is so fearful that he runs not only once when he escaped with his wife Micah, but then a second time when he escaped, uh, when Jonathan warned him and he is on the run. And so he gets to this city or this place called Nob and he runs into the church house. He runs into the house of the Lord and he finds uh, this priest named Ahimelech and he said, and Ahimelech looks at him and he's trying to wonder why in the world is David alone? Something ain't right. Why would David, the, the king's son-in-law, th this mighty man of valor be all, of, all the way over here all by himself? And so he says, why are you here? What's going on? Why? He's kind of worried. He's kind of looking back like, what's going on? And David said, oh, don't worry. The king sent me. The king has got me on this secret mission. Amen. And he's got me on this secret mission, and he don't want anybody to know about it. So don't tell anybody, all right? Amen. And so Ahimelech says, okay. He said, I, I, David looks at him. He says, I need one thing. He said, I'm hungry. Some of y'all say Amen. Amen. He said, I'm hungry. He was Baptist. We know that by this verse. Amen. He said, I'm hungry and I need something, uh, some kind of weapon. And he says, well, I got, I got some showbread, but that's all I got. I don't have common bread. All I have is showbread. And I also have the sword of Goliath. And David says, there's, there's none like that sword. I've carried that sword before. And so he says, give me that sword. And he takes the sword. And the Bible says that he runs to this place called Gath. Uh, where the king Achish is there, and the Bible says, uh, through other scriptures, I know this, that he is imprisoned in this, in this town of Gath. And we'll get to that in a little bit. Some of y'all already know what Gath is all about, but we'll get to that in a moment. But he gets to Gath, and he come, why in the world would he run to a Philistine city when the, the, the enemy of the people of God was the Philistines? Amen. This was supposed to be the new king of Israel, and now he is running to a Philistine city. Are y'all with me? Say amen. This don't make sense. This don't make sense. And so they get there and they say, even the people of the city look and they say, is this David? 
Is this David? Is this the David? Is this the one they sang about? Is this the one that defeated Goliath? And he said, yeah, that's the one. And the Bible says that David, I don't know how he come up with this uh, idea, but the Bible says that he starts acting mad. Not like angry, like cray cray, all right? And the Bible says that he starts acting like a madman. And the Bible says that he started like scratching on the gate. And the Bible says that he started like spitting all in his beard and looking all crazy. And Achish said, I don't want none of that joker. You just get him out of here. Quick as you can, get him out of here, all right? And then David escapes and he runs to the cave Adullam. And if you know the story of that, that's a great story as well. But I don't want to talk about all that tonight. I want to talk about one thing. And uh, like I said, this is not my, that my expertise, not, not one little bit, but I believe it's what God would have me to preach tonight. And this is what I want to talk about, fear. Amen. Fear. Amen. We see in the life of David, we see a man, Brother Chris, we see a man who at, at a very young age was obedient. We see a man at a very young age that was one of, one of the best young men you could ask for. I mean, he would do anything his dad told him to do, whether that would be uh, watching sheep or carrying cheese or, or playing a harp. He was obedient. He was a good young man. The Bible tells us about that young man that he got even better. The Bible says that above all of his brothers, he was chosen. He was anointed to be king, not because of his outward appearance, but because of his heart. The Bible says that he was a great young man. He had a great heart. He had a heart for God. Was, as we know through other scriptures, this was a man after God's own heart. He was anointed to be king. The Bible says even after he was anointed to be king, he played the harp for Saul, the person who was sitting on the throne that he was anointed to be sitting on. And the Bible says that he did it in such a great attitude and so great. The Bible even says this, that Saul loved David. Saul loved David. In other words, David didn't, didn't talk to Saul like he was better than him. David didn't talk to Saul like he was sitting on his throne. David, he, he conducted himself in a great way. Are y'all with me? Say amen. The Bible says at a young age, he goes to battle to carry some cheeses for his father. And the Bible says that there's this great giant. And the Bible says that he ran out there. When everybody else was scared to death, he ran out there with five smooth stones and he took just one of them and slung it into the forehead of that big old giant. Talk about faith. Talk about guts, right? Talk about, hey, ain't worried about it. If God, if God be for me, who can be against me? He runs out here and he said, y'all boys can, can hide like little babies. I'm going out here and I'm going to trust God. And he slings this rock into the forehead of this giant. And the Bible says that the giant falls and he cuts his head off and he runs around the camp holding up the head. Amen. Somebody say amen. My kind of guy. My kind of guy. Okay. The Bible says that it killed this man and he comes back to town and all the women start singing for him. David has killed his ten thousands, right? The Bible says that Saul got very angry. He got very jealous. He got very envious. Of David, and the Bible says that he eyed David from that day forward. In other words, he kept his eye on him. In other words, he looked at him very 
in a very bad way. Every time he saw him, it bothered him. The Bible says that Saul threw javelins at him. But the Bible says that David went out and went in. In other words, if you do some study on that, that means that he would go out and defeat and win these battles for the children of Israel and he would come back. And Saul would give him uh, duties to do to try to get him in big danger and try to kill him. And David would go out and, and Saul would be saying, now this is it. And then here comes David running back. God was on David's side. Are y'all with me? I'm trying to lay some background here. I'm trying to show you all the things that God did in David's life. They weren't small things. But all of the sudden, David is overcome with fear. He is overcome with fear. The same man who ran out across the battlefield where thousands of men uh, hid in the hills, that same man that ran out there with no sword and no armor, with nothing but a stone and a slingshot, that same man is scared half to death. How many of y'all in here ever faced fear? Amen. If you ain't raising your hand, you're lying. Amen. We all face fear. The Bible says uh, that God hath not given us the spirit of fear. So we know that fear is a spirit. Are y'all with me? We know that fear is a spirit. But He has given us power and of love and of a sound mind. Alright, we see that fear is a spirit. And this is what I want to say to you tonight. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That spirit of fear is Satan himself. And every single time that you live in fear, you are allowing Satan to control your mind. You see, fear only happens in our mind. Are y'all with me? It is not an outward thing. It is an inward thing. It's in our mind. Fear kills more dreams then failure ever will. Fear is false evidence appearing real. I'm going to say that again. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Y'all get it? All right? Fears we don't overcome become our limits. When you allow fear to control you, you are allowing fear to limit you. There are some of y'all in here, God has encouraged you or nudged you to do something for Him and you are fearful. There are some of you, God has given you a plain purpose that He expects from you and you are fearful. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Fear does not exist anywhere except in our minds. Fear is temporary. Listen to this. Fear is temporary. Regret lasts forever. Fear is temporary. Regret lasts forever. I want to I mention four things here tonight regarding fear. These are dangers that I see in David's life. Okay? Dangers that I see in David's life that if we're not careful will affect mine and your life. Are you with me? Number one. Number one. When we allow fear to overcome our what? Mind. When we allow fear to overcome our mind, our worship is not what it should be. Number one, our worship is not what it should be. I I think about this story and David, 
he runs to the house of the Lord. And as you read in this story, you see he's in fear and he's overcome with fear. And you see David is headed to uh, this place called Nob to speak to a priest. And you're like, that's my boy. That's, that's the man after God's own heart. He's headed to the house of the Lord. He's headed to go pray. He's head, headed to go get some good, sound, godly advice from the man of God. But that's not what happened. The Bible says, instead of David coming in with a heart of worship, coming in with a heart that was ready to listen, are y'all with me? He comes straight in and he demands some things. Are y'all with me? When we are overcome with fear, we come into the house of God not like this, but like this. Are y'all with me? Say amen. David didn't come into the house of the Lord like he may have with his father as a child. He comes into the house of the Lord as an adult who is overcome with the fears that he is facing in his life. And instead of coming to God and saying, God, I trust you. God, I'm giving you this situation. God, I know you, do, you see what I don't see. He walks in and he says, I need some bread. I need some bread. Now, check this out. This is pretty cool. The Bible says that there wasn't no common bread, so he asked for the show bread. The show bread, this was also known as the bread of faces, and it was to be eaten in God's presence. David asked for the show bread to take and eat. He wanted to take it and leave. Are y'all with me? It was to be ate in God's presence. The Bible says that the priest, let me see what verse it's in. Did I put it down? Verse number six. Y'all follow along with me. The priest gave him hallowed bread or holy bread, for there was no bread there but the show bread that was taken from before the Lord, listen, to put hot bread in that day when it was taken away. And so what would happen with this show bread is they were constantly changing out this bread so that the bread stayed hot and so that the bread stayed fresh. And so the bread that David would have been given would have been old bread. Are y'all with me? It would have been bread that had already become cold and unusable. Are y'all with me? And the, and the picture here that God is trying to show us with showbread is that we, don't need, we need a fresh bread. We need a fresh relationship with God. We need to be constantly uh, going to Him for forgiveness and getting right and staying one-on-one -on -one with Him and having the relationship that we're supposed to have with Him. But I want you to listen. When David was overcome with fear, he settled for old bread. He settled for old bread, cold bread. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He didn't want the bread to sit in the presence of God. He wanted the bread to take it and leave. Do you see what's going on here? David's heart is not where it needs to be. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And I'm trying to encourage somebody in here tonight who is sitting here in fear You've done allowed Satan to sit down with you at the dinner table this week or the week before or last night or even maybe today and he's told you everything that you are not. Amen. And he's told you every reason why you should fear. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And he should, he's told you every reason why God is not enough and, and this situation is too much for him. I'm here to tell you tonight that it is not. Amen. And if you allow fear to overwhelm you, if you allow Satan to overwhelm you, you will begin to settle for old bread. You'll, be, you'll begin to come to church and not, not sit in here anxious to give your worship, 
and to be something for God, but to take and leave. Are y'all with me? And so David, the Bible says that he wanted old bread. And then he says, I need a weapon. He says, I need a sword. You know why he needed a sword? Because he wasn't carrying his. He needed a sword because he wasn't carrying his. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And when we get overcome with fear, we start forgetting things. Are y'all with me? And we, and we move in a hurry. The Bible says that David says to the, to the priest, he says, the king rushed me over here. How many know that Jesus and God, they don't do nothing in a hurry? Somebody say amen. Absolutely nothing. I, I thought about all the, all the stories in the Bible, maybe how uh, Moses wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Are y'all with me? I'm sure he was wishing that God would send him on a secret mission and in a hurry. Amen. Even Jesus Christ himself came to this earth but was here 33 years. Are y'all with me? Jesus don't do nothing in a hurry and David is in a hurry. And because he's in a hurry, he forgets his sword. He forgets his sword. Are y'all with me? David needed a sword because he wasn't carrying his own. Let me ask you this question. What would happen if David would have had the same mindset about the sword of God that he did about Goliath's sword? What did he say about Goliath's sword? There's none like it. What if he had that attitude about the Word of God? Would he be overcome with fear, I wonder? I don't think so. Listen to this. I read this today. It just slapped me upside the head. Has the giant sword become greater than the shepherd's tools? What's the difference? When he had the shepherd's tools, he was not depending on the weapon. Are y'all with me? He was depending on God. Are y'all with me? Let me ask you this question. In your life, has the giant sword become greater than the shepherd's tools. In other words, this is what I'm trying to say. Have you quit trusting God? See, if this don't step on your toes, then you you, you way better Christian than me. It wasn't the sword that killed Goliath that David needed. It was the faith. It wasn't the sword that he needed. It was the faith that killed Goliath that David needed. Are y'all with me? Are you allowing your fear to hinder your worship? Did you come in here so discouraged in fear that it was hard for you to worship tonight? You know, I know it's quiet in here. I know it's tight. And I think it's because I'm talking about Satan. And he don't like it. God, I know a bunch of people in this room who struggle with fear. Who struggle with fear. Who carry fear. Who have been carrying fear for a long time. I know some of you that have been carrying fear and I've watched it affect your worship. And I'm not pointing the finger at you because I have allowed it to affect my worship as well. Are y'all with me? How did you come into God's presence tonight? Did you come like this? Or did you come like this? 
Did you come looking for an earthly remedy? Or did you come trusting that God was going to take care of you? So I see it, it, it affects your worship. Fear affects your worship. Number two, not only does it affect your worship, number two, it affects those around you. It affects those around you. The Bible says that he came to this priest at Nob and he lies to him and he leaves and silly, naive David thinks that the only person that he affected with his sin was himself. The next chapter over in chapter number 22 and verse number 17. The Bible says, And the king said unto the footmen that stood about him, Turn and slay the priest of the Lord, because their hand also is with David, and because they knew when he fled and did not show it to me. But the servants of the king would not put forth their hand to fall upon the priest of the Lord. And the king said to Doeg, Turn and fall upon the priest. And Doeg the Edomite turned and fell upon the priest and slew on that day fourscore and five persons that did wear a linen ephod. All these people died. Why? Because David felt like the only person that was affected by his fear was himself. And I'm standing up here to tell you today that you are not the only one that is affected by your fear. You are not the only one affected by fear, the spirit of fear. The people that are around you, when you allow fear to overwhelm and control your life, you are putting the people around you at risk. Your friends, your co-workers, your children, your grandchildren, your spouse. When you live in fear, when you allow fear to control you, you put them at risk. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Because of David's lives. Lies, he put these people at serious risk. Let me ask you this question. Who are you putting at risk? Who are you putting at risk? Number three, I got to move quickly. Not only will it affect your worship, not only will it uh, put those around you at risk. Number three, you run to places you've already overcome. You run to places you've already overcome. In verse number 10, the Bible says, And David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of what? Gath. Who was from Gath? Goliath. He runs. Now listen to how crazy this joker is. He runs, Brother Johnny, with the sword of Goliath into the hometown of Goliath. How dumb do you have to be? Come on now. Let me just say this. When you allow fear to control your life, you don't think clearly, apparently, right? And so he runs to a place that God has already helped him overcome. Are y'all with me? And how many times do we allow fear to take us back to our past? How many times do we allow fear to creep into our mind and next thing you know, we're thinking about things that God has already given us the victory over. I don't know about you, but this hit me right in my heart. How many times have I sat around and thought about things that I had no business thinking about that God has already given me victory over, but I'm thinking about them because I'm allowing this spirit of fear to control my heart. To control my mind. 
Where is fear? It's in our mind. David thought it was a safe place. And then as soon as he got there, they locked him up. Fear will tell you that it's a safe place. But as soon as you get there, it will lock you up. And then it's a fight to get back. Are y'all with me? Is anybody else with me? It's a fight. Everywhere you run, there will be fear. Verse number 12, the Bible says, And David laid up these words in his heart. Now he's already back in Gath. This is a whole different town. And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. David said, I'll just run this way. I'll outrun these fears. And as soon as he gets to this new place, there's fear again. It's just got a new face. Are y'all with me? It don't matter how far you run or how fast you run. At some point, you're going to have to face it. At some point, you're going to have to turn around and face the fear that is trying to control your mind. Are y'all with me? Let me ask this question. Who or where do you run when you are afraid? Who or where do you run when you are afraid? I'm trying to get somewhere, so I'm going to keep going. Number four, not only does your worship hindered, uh, you put those around you at risk, you run to places you've already overcome. Number four, you begin to act like someone else. Verse number 13, the Bible says, And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. This man starts acting crazy. This is supposed to be the king of Israel. This is supposed to be a man after God's own heart, but he's allowed fear to control him in such a way that he looks nothing like the king. He looks nothing like a man after God's own heart. Are y'all with me? He began to act like a madman. When you submit to fear, you begin to look like the creator of it. When you allow fear to control your mind, you begin to act and look just like the creator of it. David did not look like the next king of Israel. Let me ask you this question. Are you allowing your fears to become your identity? Who in here is allowing your fear to become your identity? I got a couple things I want to show you, and I'm done. This, this is just a blessing to me. Y'all got time? Psalm chapter 34. I should have already had these saved here. Psalm chapter number 34. The, the title of the chapter says, A Psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, who drove him away and he departed. So he's writing a psalm during this time. This is what he said. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, listen to this verse, and He heard me 
and delivered me from all my fears. How do I face my fears? You can't. Let me say that again. How do I face my fears? You can't. David said, I sought the Lord and He heard me and He delivered me from all my fears. Listen, if you're in here tonight and you have allowed fear to control your mind, you have allowed Satan to tell you things that God never wanted you to hear, listen to me. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live in doubt. You don't have to live in discouragement. You don't have to lay in bed at night and watch the ceiling fan go around and around and wonder why. All you have to do is take it to the Lord. Are y'all with me? And the Bible says that he did it for David. And the Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. So if he'll do it for David, amen, I believe he'll do it for you and I. Psalm chapter number 56. I ain't done. Psalm chapter number 56. Let me read the header to the chief musician upon Jonathan Limra. Yeah, you get it. Mitchum of David, listen, when the Philistines took him in Gath. So we're talking about the same story. And he's writing another psalm. Are y'all with me? And listen to what he says in verse number three. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise His Word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Are y'all seeing this? He's literally writing this as he is in bondage in a place where he is overcome with fear. Are y'all with me? Verse number 9. When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. And, I, and this I know. Listen to this. This just makes you want to run. And this I know, for God is for me. Somebody say amen. amen. When fear overcomes your mind, when Satan lies to you and discourages you, I want to be the first one to encourage you and say, God is for you. Somebody say amen. Verse 10, in God will I praise His word. In the Lord will I praise His word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee, for thou hast delivered my soul from death. Wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Somebody say amen. David has done, got him, Brother Mark, a great big old dose of Victory. Somebody say amen. And his victory did not come because he slung a stone. It didn't come because he got a great big army together and they went out and defeated fear. It came because he put his trust not in a weapon, not in himself, but in God. Somebody say amen. And the only way that you are going to overcome your fear and overcome your uh, discouragement and overcome Satan is to put your trust in in God. Amen. You can't do it. That's right. But he can. Amen. Amen. Help me, Brother Matt. Maybe, maybe it was just for me tonight, but I, 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 I don't think it was. I think there's people in here, and you don't want everybody to know about it, but you got this little voice that talks to you all the time <laughs> named fear. Let me tell you something. Fear is a liar. 
Fear is a liar. And if he can steal your joy, he'll steal your joy. And if he can destroy your marriage, he'll destroy your marriage. And if he can get you out of church and out of the Word of God, he'll get you out of it. Are y'all with me? If he can put just enough doubt in your heart that you give up, he's done his job. But you don't have to go down like that. You don't have to go down like that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love, of a sound mind. David wrote two psalms in the most fearful moments of his life, and he said, I'm not, even, I, I, I'm not fearing because I trust God. The antidote to fear is faith in God. Are y'all with me? It's not a different sword. Are y'all with me? It's not a different sword. You don't need a different sword. You need the faith. Are y'all with me? Amen. I'm going to pray. I wonder if there's anybody in here. You Maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're doubting. Come trust God. Lord, we love you. Lord, we thank you so much for tonight. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for the example of David. Lord, he, he didn't have it all together. Lord, in this moment in his life, he was overcome with a spirit of fear. Lord, I believe with all my heart, if Satan could, that is his sole desire, is to overcome every person in this room with fear. Lord, if he could get us to quit, he would. I pray, Lord, I'm begging you. I'm begging you with all my heart. I'm begging you that not one person in this room would give in. Not one person in this room would give up. But each and every single person in this room would look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. Lord, I love you so much. I thank you, Lord, that you are a very present help when I'm in trouble. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Lord, I'm so thankful that no matter what I go through in my life, I don't have to face it alone. I can choose to, but I don't have to. Lord, I'm thankful for your presence in my life. Lord, I'm thankful for every, every single time where I was unsure, where I was doubting, where I was fearful. But when I trusted in you, Lord, those fears, those insecurities all go away. Lord, help me to be satisfied in you. Lord, help me to be satisfied in only you. Lord, I thank you so much for this opportunity to meet with your people around your word. Worship just for a little bit. Lord, I pray that you keep us safe as we leave. In Jesus' name, amen.